How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba Effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Have questions? Google Cureleaf PA or stop by one of our 18 locations across the Commonwealth. This is the Blue White Breakdown, the premier podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something that should show up in every aspect of your program. It's the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live. Here are your hosts, Dustin Hawkinsmith and Johnny McGonigal. Welcome in. It's another edition of the Blue White Breakdown brought to you by Penn Live. Dustin Hawkinsmith here with Johnny McGonigal. Johnny, our first time doing this together in, I don't know, six months or so? Seven months, maybe? In, in the in the words of Stained, uh, the band, Dustin, it's been a while. Uh, <laughs> sing it. Don't just say it, Johnny. Sing it. <laughs> no, no, not, you know, that's. The listeners do not want to hear that right now. Maybe, uh, maybe if they come to like a Friday or Saturday night karaoke, uh, they can they can hear me do it there. But not not on a podcast, Dustin. We, we don't need that. Let, let's stick to what our expertise is. And obviously, big news from the weekend with three new commits on board. We'll touch on those guys uh, in a little bit, what they mean to the class. And then late Monday, uh, Blue White Illustrated first reported that Mega Barnwell, the freshman tight end, is no longer on the roster, not with the program anymore. Not a lot of detail beyond that, but what was your first thought when you when you saw that news? You know what, Dustin? I wasn't surprised. Uh, and this is a conversation I was having uh, actually with a family member a few months ago around the Blue White game. And, you know, he's a big Penn State fan and he was asking me, out, you know, with the transfer portal and possible departures and, you know, because they have to get under or I guess at that 85 scholarship limit. Penn State does everyone, every team in the country does. And so, you know, I'm looking through the roster, looking at different positions that maybe have a lot of spots, a lot of uh, scholarship spots allocated to, to it. And, you know, tight end was one of those spots. You look at the position. Uh, on the whole, you've got seven, you know, with Mega in there, uh, you had seven scholarship tight ends, you know, Theo Johnson, Tyler Warren, Khalil Dinkins, and Jerry Cross returning, um, as well as Andrew Rappelia and Joey Schlafer, as well as Mega, who signed in the 2023 recruiting class. And Mega, uh, of those three signees, always felt like a guy who, you know, was maybe more cut out or built to be a future offensive tackle or... Uh, maybe even a defensive lineman, uh, but he came in as a tight end, and they, I, f- I think they figured, hey, we'll start you off a tight end uh, and then see how you progress and see how the room progresses. And yeah, this this feels like a situation that maybe Penn State wanted him to play a different position. He didn't want to, uh, and so he decided to to leave the team. Um, that's at least my read on it. Just you know, gut check seeing this on Monday night. Uh, we haven't been able to speak to James Franklin or anyone on the coaching staff about this, will actually be talking to James Franklin on Thursday. So I'm sure that'll be one of the first things he's asked about. But that's my initial read on this. And uh, yeah, overall, though, I still think they're in an okay, more than an okay spot at uh, a tight end. 
it, it's it's a good read on the situation. And I mean, for perspective, so Mega's listed at like six six two sixty nine. I think was the last that that I saw, which is a little bit bigger than one of the offensive tackle commits they got on board over the weekend, Derek Plaz. So I, I suspect this was a push and a pull. And, and looking back at James Franklin's comments, I think from National Signing Day about Mega Barnwell, saying essentially, we want to start guys out where they want to play. We want to give them every opportunity to be at those spots. But it, it did seem like reading between the lines that there wasn't a lot of belief that he would remain at that spot. So it, it does feel like a situation where they were just on two different wavelengths and um, especially with the depth in mind because it doesn't impact certainly 2023, but it doesn't impact the the short or the long term, I think, to have him gone from there. I would have been stunned if he w- would have made it through four or five years at the tight end spot anyway. Yeah, I, I would have been. And again, it's one of those where you look at the depth at tight end right now. Theo Johnson, uh, he'll probably be gone uh, after the 2023 season, assuming that he plays as well as everyone, including me, thinks he can play. Tyler Warren is a veteran, but you know, Cleo Dinkins, Jerry Cross, young guys, promising guys. Andrew Rappel, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he came in and was kind of a fall camp uh, standout uh, after not enrolling early. Joey Schlafer from Exeter did enroll early. And so you, you like what you have in the short term. I think they really like what they have in the long term. They also have Luke Reynolds, um, the tight end from New England, uh, committed to the 2024 recruiting class. So they just keep reloading at that position. That's been a position that's been really good to Penn State uh, over the years, from Gesicki to Fryermuth to you know Brenton Strange recently going in the second round, and Theo just you know, from a physical profile and the flashes that he's shown, you know, especially down the stretch. I love this stat, Dustin. I've used it so many times. Listeners might be sick of me saying it, but you know the Theo Johnson had at least one catch of twenty-five yards in six of Penn State's final seven games of the twenty twenty-two season, and. I kind of expect more of the same from him uh, in 2023. And so Mega wasn't going to figure into the equation this season. He might not have figured into the equation tight end-wise in 2024. And if Penn State wanted him to move positions and he didn't want to, I mean, probably best for both parties to to part early rather than later. Especially when Penn State is, you know, they're they're they brought in some transfers and they're over, you know, the scholarship limits. So they they got to figure out their their scholarship math here and make sure that it's all squared away, you know, before the season starts. And, and I think it's tough to come in um, as a kid without a true position because the odds of you being able to see the field the first two or three years when you might start at one spot and move to another. You know, I think the same thing about Christian Driver having spent a whole his whole freshman season for the most part uh, operating as a defensive back and now wanting to move to wide receiver. Where does that put him on the development curve? You know, it, it throws you into, I think it sets you back a little bit. I think Mega was probably behind the eight ball before he began. So that's a, that's a good note for, for you there. Uh, a better stat with Theo Johnson. I think the more you can cram that into podcasts, the better yeah. it is for everyone. But it, 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 it does, I mean, it, it does very much illustrate the role that he played last year that he probably will play again, especially when you look at the wide receivers and not being real sure what you got there. Let's move on to the, the recruits um, as well. Three new guys. I mentioned Derek Plaz. He's an offensive tackle from Jacksonville, Florida. He's listed as a three-star in the 24-7 sports composite. Xavier Gilliam, uh, three-star from Maryland, uh, Columbia, Maryland. And Dewan Lane, who's a four-star from Gilman uh, in Baltimore, which is a familiar place for, for Penn State. And I also think just in general, Johnny, the, you know, kicking off June, it was going to be a busy month. 
Uh, this does seem like a time, like if you're a high school kid and you want to get your commitment uh, done before you really get into training and stuff. June just seems like a good month uh, for landing commits anyway. And I suspect that these three aren't Penn State's last of the month. No, it, it definitely won't be. I mean, in terms of one to keep an eye on for later in the month, uh, Jalen Harvey, uh, who's a four-star defensive end uh, from Gaithersburg, Maryland. I believe he has a commitment date set for June 23rd and has some other visits uh, he wants to do before then. But you know, he was on campus this past weekend, and he's been a guy that you look at the recruiting services and everyone you know talking around the program. You know, he's a guy that feels like a future Penn State commit, um, at least one to certainly have on the radar. But yeah, we knew we, we always knew that June was going to be busy. Uh, it always is, you know, for not just for Penn State but for programs across the country because you've got four straight visit weekends back to back to back to back. And looking at the list of guys who were there this past weekend. You know, Dewan Lane felt like a, a possible commit. Uh, certainly Xavier Gilliam has, had been on the radar for a long time. Getting those three in uh, with another one or two, you know, potentially to follow, you know, guys who visited this past weekend, uh, like one or two to follow in the, in the coming weeks. Uh, and then they got more coming in this weekend. They got more coming in next weekend. So I wouldn't be surprised if they if they made it out of June with like, like six commit six commits of the month. And then at that point, I mean, they're already at 17 in this class. It's firmly inside the top 10 nationally in terms of, you know, from 24-7 arrivals uh, on three, wherever you want to look. Penn State is just on the fringe of the top five, really. And it's looking like June could be the month that they're able to shore up uh, and, and secure that top, that fringe top five, possibly top five uh, recruiting class in the country. This group is interesting because none of them individually really turn your head. Right. In terms of where they're rated and uh, they're three stars. Dewan Lane, I think, depends where you look. Could be a three star, could be a four star. Gilliam and Plaz, if you look at the 24-7 sports composite, are the two loaded, lowest rated commits in the class. But my first thought really is that if you are going to get three star type players, these are the types of three star players you want. Uh, they're unique profiles. You know, Derek Plaz is, sits around 265 pounds. So there's a lot of projectability there. He moves very well. Uh, for that size. He's a really good athlete from what I saw. You know, where can he go with 30 pounds? I think if you were looking at this, you know, Olu Fashionu several years ago, kind of the same mold. And obviously there's a, I'm not going to forecast Derek Plaza is going to be that, but with these types of offensive tackles who are a little bit light yet, they don't really soar in the recruiting rankings because there is a lot of, there's a lot of variables between where they are now and where Penn State might want them to be. Xavier Gilliam, uh, wants to stay at defensive end. He's 260 pounds right now. You know, he's he's kind of a tweener in a good way for Penn State at a spot where they've had a lot of success there. And then Dewan Lane, six foot three, about 200 pounds, similar athletic profile, I think, just in terms of the size of uh, Dakari Nelson, who who just got on campus in the from the 23 class. So he is a big safety or a light linebacker, and that's a position that they use a lot of. So I think just looking at how they fit and uh, why they might be three stars and not four stars, it's not like they can't play. I think Penn State's got a good beat on their evaluations of, of these guys, and they're, you know, they're they're just guys who are destined to not be that highly acclaimed by the recruiting services. Yeah, and they might not be the the high end four star or the five star kind of talent or at least uh, w w in terms of what they're rated right now. But I like these three additions based on, you know, just the positional you know value and, and where Penn State is 
as a class because before Xavier Gilliam, they didn't have an edge rusher in this class. Now they have one. And you know, Jalen Harvey might be another, and they've got some other names on the on the burner as well. You know, to secure your first edge rusher there, I think is big. Uh Dewan Lane, if he plays linebacker, uh, you like what you already have there. Anthony Specker from Central Catholic, as well as Kari Jackson from uh from West Bloomfield in Michigan. If he plays safety, you like that as well. You got a lot of corners in this class, but you know, Dewan Lane feels like the type of player that, you know, if if Manny Diaz is still around to coach him, uh, you know, assuming the D coordinator maybe doesn't leave for head coaching job after next se- after this upcoming season, but feels like a Manny Diaz type of player. And then, yeah, Plaz, like you take the size, right? You take that, uh, you know, in terms of uh, like a high high upside uh, offensive lineman. And again, you look at where Penn State is in their class on the offensive line. You know, you got an interior guy, Cooper Cousins, Caleb Brewer might play D line, might play guard. Harbor could move into guard, could play tackle. Um, you know, you have Garrett Sexton and Egan Boyer as well. So you got six guys potentially that could play offensive line. I think with adding class to the mix, you know, maybe maybe that pushes Caleb Brewer to the defensive line. Um, we'll have to wait and see uh, how how this affects the the Wyoming missing standout, but. Either way, I think these three guys, while you mentioned Dustin, might not be the super high end uh, kind of, uh, you know, the, the, the prospect that's going to generate headlines and wow you. I think it, they're three important ads for where Penn State's class is right now. And I don't know if this conversation occurs how I'm going to present it, say, between Andy Frank, you know, their director of personnel and James Franklin. But you also have to consider timing uh, of guys. And I think they want to bring in a collection of guys in each class that are going to take two or three years that are their, their contributions are going to begin maybe where those five-star standouts, they, they are tapering off or they're leaving for the NFL or whatever. Um, so I, I think they're, they're okay. And they, it makes sense building a roster and trying to space things out to realize that some of these guys are going to take a few years to, to get where they believe they're going to be. And so I think those are important players uh, in the class. This is the Blue-White Breakdown. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Everyone's journey is different, and we are honored to guide you to the best relationship with this incredible plant. Have questions? Google Cureleaf PA or stop by one of our 18 locations across the Commonwealth. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. You know, mentioned offensive linemen. Uh, obviously, they for the most part, there are a few exceptions, two or three years to develop anyway. Um, but they have been on such a roll bringing offensive linemen in. Uh, and each time, it's just like, how, is there such a thing as, as too much? 
Um, I don't think they're at that place now. I also think that, you know, you look at the offensive line coming back, there's going to be a lot of bodies from uh, important bodies from the 23 team that are going to be gone after this season. So I think this is really is the time to restock there. Yeah, no, I, I think it is. And you're going to be losing, obviously, fashion. You're going to be losing even some older guys. You know, Sal Wormley, Hunter Norizad, you know, Landon Tangwall will be there, you know, if not this year, after next year. You know, right tackle, you know, you, you, you do like some of the younger pieces that you have and Drew Shelton and uh, even J.B. Nelson, Vague Ione, uh, Nick Dawkins at center. But this is, the offensive line is a position that you always want to be stocked up on. We saw where Penn State was uh, at the offensive line position just last spring when they weren't able to do a normal spring game because of the depth, um, you know, the lack of depth really up front. And if you're James Franklin, if you're the staff, let's go in the complete opposite direction. Let's just hammer this position. Uh, Phil Troutwine has done a fin- you know fantastic job recruiting it um, you know, during this cycle specifically. And so, yeah, you cannot have too many offensive linemen. And if, the, if, if you know, you add five or six guys in this class, and after a year, one or two of them want to hit the portal. Well, okay, that's why you sign five or six uh, and not four. Um, because then if one or two of them want to leave, then you're short, right? You're short bodies. So, uh, yeah, I, I think especially early in the class to be able to lock up this many offensive linemen, you know, it gives yourself, you, you know, how many spots you have left or how many spots you want to have filled now that you have that position kind of locked up in a sense. And uh, you can go kind of spend those, spend that asset, you know, spend those assets, those scholarships elsewhere, specifically a wide receiver. That's going to be a, a real talking point over the next couple weeks is who Penn State gets in at wide receiver and not just who, but how many. And it, it, it feels like they're overdue to land, not necessarily a five star, but like somebody who's more in the can't miss category at wide receiver. They, they don't have a lot of those guys. You know, they have the guys that you like. I mean, I like Caden, Caden Saunders as, as, a, as a guy that you like. Pretty high profile recruit, but you know, he's 5'10, 5'9, whatever he is. Uh, he, he's not that 6'3, 200 pound prospect. They, I think they're, they're still very much in the market for that. And uh, to your point about offensive line, not only just in terms of injury and not wanting to, you know, de- be depleted there, I, I really feel like they're going to emphasize competition. And the more bodies you got, the more competition you've got. And also, just in terms of uh, recruiting, you're not going to hit on 100% of your players. So I think it's more lo- it's more lottery ball, so to speak. Absolutely. And I think that's how they're going to look at wide receiver, too. You know, the offensive line is, I feel like, probably the biggest position where there's lottery balls, where it's a true lottery ball, because you just you don't know how some of these guys, in terms of hitting the, you know, the, the weight room, winter conditioning, and all that kind of stuff, you know, how offensive line you know, will translate from high school uh, to college. Uh, but in terms of wide receiver, I mean, we just saw them a couple classes ago take, you know, five guys up at the position with Caden and Anthony Ivey and uh, Omari Evans and that whole group. Uh, and, you know, it's it was early last year. They were freshmen, but, you know, th- there wasn't a lot to love there immediately, immediately. These these you know, they're still young. So. Uh, I'm expecting bigger things from Amari Evans this upcoming season, you know, Caden Saunders to get into the mix, but uh, wide receiver is still a position that I don't think James Franklin wants to live in the portal at. Uh, and we saw that they tried to get, you know, Dante Thornton and Caden Prather, you know, uh, after this past season from the portal, they went elsewhere. And so they got Dante Cephas, which is a really nice ad. 
Uh, but you're playing with fire when you're you're banking on the portal to get your top wide receivers. You look at just across your know, division at Ohio State and the way they've been able to really recruit wide receiver and you know build depth through the high school recruiting aspect of it. They've done it better than probably anyone. Um, you know, Brian Hartline, what he's been able to do there. And I think in an ideal world, James Rankle would like to replicate that or get as close as possible to recruiting the position that way. Uh, and so you look at this current class, 2024, they've got a quarterback. They've got a couple of running backs. They've got a tight end. They've got a lot of offensive linemen and they got zero wide receivers. And so I think you're going to see that change over the next couple of weeks. They got a lot of big names uh, slated to come in and visit. Uh, one in particular, Nick Marsh, who uh, was a former Michigan State commit, uh, who is still considering the Spartans, but also holds Penn State in high regard. Uh, he's slated to visit soon. I, I, don't, I forget if that's this weekend or next weekend. Uh, maybe it was this past weekend. Some of these, you know, Dustin, some of these guys always. It all blurs together. It all blurs together. Well, Nick, Nick Marsh is one to keep an eye on, um, as well as uh, there's actually an Ohio State commit, uh, five-star Jeremiah Smith. Uh, from Chaminade Prep in Florida, uh, another one to keep an eye on too. Yeah, I think uh, that would bring a lot of comfort. I think to Penn State fans is to get somebody like that uh, in in the fold, somebody that you can look at and and maybe think that year one they can contribute. I think there's just a little bit of uh, their patience can be exhausted pretty easily, and you know you see some of these guys, and you know when, when you don't hear from them or hear about them for a year or two you tend to disregard that. And I don't know if I don't think that that's fair all the time, but I think the wide receiver spot, especially the way that James Franklin talked about it recently, talking about how important it is and how uh, explosive it is, talking about, you know, your running back has to make three or four guys miss to, to break a big one. A wide receiver has to make one guy miss or beat one guy, you know? So I think that the emphasis on the wide receiver position, you know, we were hammered over the head with that when they kind of surprisingly, I guess, switch wide receiver coaches. So it's just the beginning of, of bringing a new emphasis, I think, to that position. Um, any other thoughts on the, on the 24 classes? 17 commits, you know, as you're talking about it earlier, um, the, the age of, of bringing in like less than 20 guys in a cycle, it might be over just because of, you know, the transfer portal and the odd. Uh, you know, I think more teams are leaking more players uh, every single year. So I think they're bringing in more proactively, but you're walking that line because, you know, we were talking about uh, mega Barnwell earlier and being over the scholarship limit. You kind of should be this time of year. Uh, you run that risk. You can't proactively replace players who leave and be under or at the scholarship limit at the same time. It's, it's a whole different, you know, game of mathematics. It is, it is now. And, and when we talk about just kind of, your closing touches, at least right now, on what we're talking about this recruiting class. Just a couple more names to know. Uh, someone that visited this past weekend, Chris Cole, uh, four-star linebacker. And again, we mentioned that Penn State's already pretty good um, at that position right now. Anthony Specka and Kari Jackson committed in this class. And you know you can see Dwan Lane playing either safety or linebacker. But uh, Chris Cole is one that you know visited this past weekend. Uh, is from Virginia, you know, Virginia Tech, very interested. He's also set to visit, you know, Notre Dame, Georgia, and Miami. But yeah, Penn State was able to get Chris Cole in. They would be really set at linebacker, wouldn't have to worry about that. Uh, and then another one, Jameer Grimsley, a uh, corner that they've been after for a while. He's visited a handful of times. 
Uh, they already have two Florida uh, cornerbacks in its class with John Mitchell and Antoine Belgrave Shorter. They also have uh, Kenny Wosley from Imhotep. It would be a massive step if they were able to get uh, Jameer Grimsley in and have a fourth corner in this class. You talk about another position that we're going to see you know, roster attrition from. You know, Kalen King should be at the draft uh, in April. You know, Johnny Dixon's a veteran. You know, they added Aldavian Collins from the portal who have, you know, four years of eligibility and Cam Miller's a young guy and Elliot Washington. They like what they saw during spring camp, but uh, you can never have too many corners as well uh, and, and versatile corners at that. And so Jameer Grimsley is one that is one that Penn State would like to add to this class and he'll be visiting as well. There you go. Penn State 17 commits three from just, just this past weekend. Uh, Johnny, you and I can be here next week having a similar conversation about another another little recruiting bench. So stay tuned. Those are names to know. A uh, big month coming up the rest of the way. Uh, like Johnny said earlier, we're going to hear from James Franklin on Thursday. So I'm sure there's going to be some more news on that front. That's Johnny McGonagall. I'm Dustin Hawkinsmith on the Blue White Breakdown for this week. Be sure to check us out on all the platforms where you can find your podcast. And you can also find everything we do at penlive.com slash Football. Thanks for t- tuning in. We'll see you next time here on the Blue White Breakdown. This has been the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live.